0: Hello lovely humans. I'm Wyo Lee and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where consenting adults share sexy stories to practice open communication around sex so we can all enjoy the benefits. As always, keep your sexy thoughts about me and our guests to yourself. Go listen to the outro if you want to learn how I like to connect and enjoy. Our guest today is a 38 year old straight white cis femme who is single and mingling. She's open to monogamy and lets casual partners know if she's dating around. She's into hair pulling, spanking, and hearing what her partner enjoys, meaning she gets turned on both by talking about sexy details ahead of time and also real-time dirty whispers in her ear from a lover. They make her hot, wet, sometimes squirt. An engineering technician from Southern California, welcome Callenhart. Hello. Callenhart, if you had to rate yourself on a sexual shameometer today, with 10 being the most full of shame and 1 being not so full of shame, where do you fall right now?
1: I would say between two and one, so maybe about one and a half.
0: Okay. And when, if ever, does that fluctuate for you?
1: When I'm in monogamous relationships and my partner isn't showing me the affection that I need. Mm, Okay.
0: When they're not showing you the affection you need, does your shim meter go up? Yes.
1: It makes me feel like something's wrong And I always try to fight it off and it's just one of the things that I still struggle with like reminding myself it's not me it's whatever's going on with them they're not in the mood they're not you know feeling attractive or whatever so is it all internal or is it in conversation with them it's internal mostly and then when I get a little bit of time to think to myself, then I'll bring it up to them and we'll have a conversation. And then that's, you know, when I find out that, oh, well, you know, I've been depressed lately or something like that.
0: Okay. So those conversations aren't the thing that spikes your shame a meter It sounds like you're able to bring stuff up with partners pretty consistently, but it's the work that you have to do inside on your own first. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah. Okay. Can you give us a little snapshot overview of what your sex life is like right now and some of
1: your favorite parts? I am seeing quite a few partners, about a handful, once a week or so, once every week, depending on the person. Some of them will go out for the night. Some of them I will just go over to their house and wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, and I'll go home and that's that. And my favorite part at the moment is just having every different kind of need met from different people. How are you meeting these people, by the way? Mostly I've actually met them off of like dating apps and stuff like that.
0: Fuck yeah. Can you tell us now what is sexy to you, your personal definition?
1: What's sexy to me is a man who knows what he likes knows what he wants, and tells you. How much does that
0: have to do with how much you already like him and the way he says it? Like, are there versions of that that are no goes for you? Or does that always get you going?
1: Usually it always gets me going. I mean, I don't really open myself up to sleep with guys that I haven't talked to on some, you know, sort of basis to get to know them, either go out for coffee or something to know that we're going to vibe in that, you know, to be able to move to that part. Okay.
0: Okay. So if that applies to people that you are dating or on your way to date, maybe it, maybe not like someone randomly on the street or in a bar being like, Hey, pretty thing would love to stick my cock in that. Cause that is confident. And that's technically someone who knows what he wants.
1: <laughs> Yes, and then my smart side steps in and says some witty something and then just walks away. Love it. I don't deal with those kinds. I have plenty of people on speed dial that I could just call and drive over to if I need to. Like, that yes. I know will get the job done. Fuck yes, girl.
0: Okay. When do you feel sexiest?
1: So many different times, but usually... When I'm fresh out of the shower, and I'm clean, and I'm soft from shaving, and I know there's a guy waiting for me, that is when I feel the sexiest. That's what makes me also feel sexy. Like, when I want to take a picture and send it to him just as a tease before I get there.
0: Mm. Now, what counts
1: as sex for you? When there's penetration. That's how my makeup is. I'm like, if there's penetration, then it is. If there isn't, then we're not having sex. Great.
0: Now, tell us, did you ever get an explicit health and safety talk when you were growing up or a lesson in consent from an adult that you trusted?
1: Never any lesson in consent. The only sex education that I honestly remember and coincidentally recently had a conversation with my mom about this because my son is getting to that age, was in school. It's just basic, here's a textbook, here's a video, here's a slideshow. I don't ever really remember having an explicit conversation with my mom. At some point, we kind of did with my dad, but not really. It was more of a, if you're having it, tell me kind of thing. Did you? No, I didn't. For the longest time, he used to call my son Immaculate Conception because he's like, you never told me when you started having sex.
0: Okay, I love that he actually remembered that he said that, though, because I do have the experience of a lot of other people in the world of all genders and relationships to me just not remembering what they said. And I presume that you had your son quite a while after he maybe
1: said that to you. (laughs) Yes. Yes. About 10 years or so after. Yeah. That's a cool level of care. Surprisingly, my dad has no idea how many times he nearly walked in on me having (laughs) sex. (laughs) How many? I would say at least about three times. So I was a bit of a problem child, potentially. Um, My mom might say my first boyfriend was six years older than me.
0: How old were you at the time? (laughs)
1: Which means when I met him, when I was 15, he was 22, 21, 22. And so I got somebody who is a good boy and he wouldn't sleep with me until I was 18. Okay. And so then once I was 18, I was living at my dad's. And since I was still living there and he was trying to, you know, put the law down you know if I had my boyfriend over then the door had to be open so you know young people will be young people and I can be quiet if I need to so wait with the door open though yeah
0: (laughs) can you tell us now as an adult do you have any examples
1: of a clear, explicit yes that led to something super sexy? Yes, I do. I have probably quite a few, but the one that stands out the most is the very first time that I ever went to my daddy's house that I had. And we had talked and talked and talked, and he's definitely one of the ones that made me learn how much I enjoy and get turned on by talking about what he likes to have done, Mm. what I like to have done. And he is very talkative in the bedroom. So he's also telling me and scripting different scenarios as he is fucking me or Torturing me, or whatever he is doing to me at the time. I had talked about how I never had somebody like just throw me up against the wall and just kiss me or feel my body all over and just like manhandle me like that. Mm. And that's practically exactly what he did as soon as I walked in the door. After the awkward, you know hey hey kind of thing you know because it was the first time so we had that awkward kind of but after that he just took control and he led me to his bedroom and he shut the door and he just pushed me against the wall and kissed me and rubbed my clit and it was so oh my god and then he was like get on your knees and suck me and i was like anything you want
0: amazing Okay, now tell us what happens to your shame meter when it's time to talk to a partner, maybe especially a new partner,
1: about safer sex. It goes up when I have to talk about that kind of stuff. I have had the conversation with a few monogamous partners that I have tested positive for herpes. I always kind of feel that little tinge of embarrassment. Like, how are they going to take this? Are they still going to see me the same way? And I've lucked out and my partners haven't been phased by it. And I've only had the one breakout. Great.
0: Also, curious because i hear you say lucked out i have felt that way too and i recently talked to someone else with herpes who felt similarly when their partners were not shamey i'm sort of experiencing and so far my anecdotal data collection says that most people who are sexually active and informed are not bothered by a positive result for herpes because there are ways to play
1: safely with it
0: and it sounds like that's been your experience too so maybe maybe we're part of the new normal
1: Yeah, I'm hoping so, because, you know, it's still out there that it makes you feel embarrassed about it, regardless if you say it or you don't say it. Like When I originally found out I was dating somebody at the time, and it was like the hardest conversation to have to call and be like, have you been sleeping with somebody else? Do you have bumps on you? Mm. Like, this is what I'm being told. This is like, and he assured me, no, it wasn't him, like, it's okay. And we worked through it, through that, at least. We worked through that, and we still saw each other. In your perfect world,
0: what is the ideal way that your safer sex conversation with a partner would unfold?
1: In a way, I have lived in my comfortable world in that way because the partners that I have opened up to, it didn't bother them. They were just like, okay, and... If, you know, we have a breakout, we'll address it or whatever. Okay. Like,
0: Okay. And would you rather have someone else initiate or do you like to initiate? And what sort of, like, things do you need to cover besides herpes? Like, do you check in? Do you make them
1: volunteer their status? Do you ask to see tests? I haven't asked to see tests. majority of the time, the guys that I have, intimate relationships with they've been very open to just coming out with it and just saying you know i'm clean this is when i got tested last you know yada yada and how about you okay
0: great i also always just like to offer to everyone the phrase clear or my testing status is negative because the clean dirty thing i mean unless we're using dirty as a good word which people do and then they don't that's something i read so i always throw it out there Now, let's go back to your formative experiences. When do you first remember hearing about sex? And what do you remember thinking and feeling
1: and understanding? Don't know if I really have like a pinpointed time of this is when I first remember sex and see sex and thought about sex per se. I'm sure I've probably caught it staying up late. Like watching TV like peeking down the hall, like crutched on the floor, trying to sneak like a peek of whatever my mom was watching at night. And there might have been like a sexy you know scene like they had back in the early nineties, you know, but it didn't stick in my mind necessarily, but I'm sure that's happened once or twice. I've always been very like, I guess, in a way to say, boy crazy. Like, I always had guy friends since elementary school. My best friends have pretty much always been guys. And I always had, like, a little crush on them or something, and they never reciprocated that kind of thing. And the very first time that I remember kind of feeling like tinglies and stuff like that was about when I was 12. like when we really start having like the big like sex talk in middle school and I saw this one guy and I got the tinglys for him and I actually ended up asking him out to the Sadie Hawkins that year so I was raised by a single mom and she was pretty strict so I didn't find myself exploring my body or touching myself or really getting away with having any kind of magazines or stuff like that in my room. My room was very small growing up. It was about the size of a queen size bed. So there was not a thought in my mind because my mom was always there. It was like, you know, never shut the doors ever. But it wasn't, like, hidden necessarily either in my family. Like, my mom would walk around naked. So the first time that I had kissed anyone was when I was 15, and it was with my boyfriend at the time, but that's as far as it ever went until I was 18. He would not sleep with me until I was 18. He was deathly afraid of my mom, who scared the bejesus out of him repeatedly because he was... (laughs) an older man, and it was technically against the law for me to be dating him. And my mom would scare him away from it. But we would still find in secret ways to still quote date and see each other and communicate with each other.
0: Okay, so there was kissing. Was there any other like physical, like not sex per your definition, but were there other sex explorations leading up to your
1: 18th birthday? Maybe a couple here and there where where there was like dry humping and maybe like over the shirt feeling and stuff like that. But that's about the extent of it for the most part. I do remember that we would sit on my aunt and uncle's couch together. And then, like, when it was like wintertime and stuff where it didn't look like suspicious we would share a blanket (laughs) and, you know, hands would be in places underneath the blank. Like he would stick his hand down. And before I sat, like he would sneak it under there, like where nobody would see it. And here we are, my two cousins and probably my uncle, maybe my mom, my brother, you know, out in the um, living room watching WWE and he just like right under like everybody's eyes how he did it I don't know but so I'd always end up like sitting on his hand and then he'd have like his other hand like touching my breast or something like that
0: oh my gosh that's so spicy around the family okay before we get into like physical specifics of when you started exploring body stuff with partners so your mom walked around naked were there any other like cultural influences? Like, what was the vibe kind of like? What was the attitude around sex?
1: So I would say curiosity. I've always had, because it wasn't necessarily hidden, but it wasn't like openly talked about. And we didn't catch the conversations when we were younger, of course, until we actually like had the sex talk in school. And we found out that Okay, there's a vagina and a penis and the penis goes in the vagina kind of thing. And then, you know, we kind of started catching on to what, like, my mom and my grandparents or my aunts and uncles were talking about. And then at that point, then it was more like comfortable, like kind of openness.
0: Not having sex before 18 sounds like maybe it was more a concern about legality and or I'm going to make a projection here, pregnancy. Or were there any sort of moral components
1: no not not really moral just legal really yeah not that it stopped
0: wait so did you do it before you were 18
1: then I did okay tell us when where you sneaky sneaky <laughs> <laughs> so for my graduation present I was given the opportunity to take a trip with one of my aunt and uncles to help them with their move to Georgia, which originally my uncle was there, so they have family back there. And so, you know, things were getting more expensive out here. They needed a change in their life, so they decided to move back there where they can afford a house and they can live comfortably. And so I took that summer right after I graduated high school and road with my aunt in the pet ski moving truck from california all the way to georgia so they lived in this teeny tiny like speck on the map place that you wouldn't find unless you knew it was there. town where literally it was just like revolved around this lake there was just mobile homes around this lake and that was essentially the town that was it and so, you know, in those types of situations, you got the one guy that kind of gets with every female. And so I knew it was a guarantee. And I was like, I have all this pent up sexual energy. My boyfriend will not do it. I've been wanting this gone for like two years. Like, please help me out kind of thing. And it actually, surprisingly, it ended up being pretty romantic-ish for like, a 17-year-old, because we had the lake, it was the middle of the night, and so I lost my virginity in a lake in Georgia with somebody who was not my boyfriend in the summer, and it was not what I expected, but it was a nice, it's a nice memory to have.
0: Okay, what were you expecting, and what happened that was different?
1: I guess I was just expecting it to be a little bit more enjoyable and it wasn't as enjoyable as I thought it would be because, you know, young, dumb, obviously having sex in water, not a good idea. Oh, so it was literally in the lake. (laughs) Yes. We jumped off the dock into the lake in the middle of the night and yeah, took our bathing suits off and he was very nice. And, you know, he kissed my breast and felt my breasts and, you know, made sure that I was comfortable and he was very gentle about it. And, but it just wasn't like as exciting as I thought it would be. And I guess I was expecting more like it to be more exciting and more fun and like feel better kind of thing. I, if that makes sense, like I was expecting more like what I get now.
0: Absolutely. I feel like also, I'm specifically thinking of the Hitchcock movie North by Northwest, where in those old movies to get around censorship, when it got to the sex scene, they would, for example, cut away to the fireworks. So we've always been led to kind of expect these fireworks. And I'm sort of like, sometimes it's like barely a candle, but okay. Okay. So you were unleashed now sexually. Did you have to wait until your 18th birthday to do it with your boyfriend again? Like, what what happened next? What were your sexual unfoldings? Now you are into it.
1: Yes. So I'm a summer baby anyways. So it wasn't that long after, before my 18th birthday, and my dad had drove out to pick me up with my brother. And so I ended up driving back. I planned my 18th birthday party with my best friend at the time and her boyfriend, talking with them on speakerphone, like on the way, like through all, you know, the different states as we're communicating back and forth, like planning my 18th birthday. And so then, of course, the next time I saw my boyfriend and I had the chance, then definitely was like, this is happening. And it was exactly what I was missing from my first time. Like, I felt that everything that I was expecting to feel. And so it was very memorable and nice.
0: I'm going to guess that you didn't tell him about the lake boy, or did you? What sort of open relationship or not did you have back then?
1: No, I didn't end up ever... Telling him no. So if he ever listens to this, now he knows. Okay.
0: So you've lost your virginity, one might say twice. You've started having sex. Were you able to continue having sex with that boyfriend? Like, what else did it lead to in your sex explorations or sexual formation? Like, what did that early partnered experience
1: lead to as you were nearing and entering your 20s? So we did continue to have sex until our relationship ended. And then I pretty much just hoed around for a while and you know got to know my body through like experiencing other males and the different things that they bring to the table that they do or they don't do and so that was kind of fun I never really I guess because it wasn't ever brought up to me because like I said we didn't talk Directly about it as a family. So it was never brought up that touching yourself is a thing that you can do. Mm. Touching yourself is something that's okay. And the fact that, you know, our doors were always opened as I grew up, it was never like, oh, this is something I should do. It was, you know, we knew private parts are private to you and nobody else touches them or sees them. So it wasn't anything I thought about until as I went through my twenties and I was with other partners and they gave me new experiences like, you know, being fingered and stuff like that. And then I was like, oh, this is a thing. Oh, this is awesome. Oh, oh, I can do it to myself. Okay. Yeah. And so I actually, (laughs) I actually have a very specific memory when I moved out of my dad's. So my best friend gave me a dildo that she was gifted from one of the guys she was sleeping with, I guess for her to use when he wasn't around or whatever, but she was just using another guy. And so he gave it to her and she was like, I don't have any use for this and gave it to me. Cause she's like, well, it was during a time where I wasn't like specifically sleeping with anybody. She's like, well, maybe you can use this, but I'm like, what do I do with it? I don't know what to do with it. So I put it under, My mattress at the time. Well, at the time when I was moving out of my dad's, my uncle came to help and I had forgotten that I put it. Yeah, I put it under there. Okay. (laughs) And so he moved the mattress and there it was. And I had to like grab it really fast and like I threw it in a trash bag and I was like, I'm done with it. (laughs) Oh, so it never even got to fulfill its dildo purpose? No, as far as I know, it never got to fulfill its destiny.
0: Okay. Okay. Did you ever start using toys or like do you use toys now and do you touch yourself now? Like when did when did we get there?
1: So when I met my son's father was kind of when I started putting it together. We had got together around my twenty-sixth birthday. And so he was the one that was like, You touch yourself. Like he's behind me in Doggy and he's like rub your clit rub your clit so he was kind of the one and I was kind of like why would I want to do that like that's your job I'm like no, I don't under touch what where I don't like this wasn't explained really like it yeah, was like yeah. this is your vagina and that's that and it's not just that and here you find out you get older and there's like a lot of people don't know this I think I learned it from a different podcast or something, but you don't have just a G spot, but you have an A spot.
0: Okay. We can talk about the names of the spots. We can also say that it's just your clitoris is big. Your clitoris is big. It's a zucchini. And so there's like spongy stuff all up inside. And every single book I read has like different terminology and different, you know, and people say them. So like the guy who wrote, she comes first. Ian Kerner has a whole other name for it too. And like, The G-spot is misleading because it's more of a sponge and it's a whole bunch of nerves. It's a bunch of nerves. But yes, there's lots of good places to touch. Did you end up touching yourself when
1: he told you? And is
0: that the origin of you liking men who know what they want telling you what to do? Or did it start before then?
1: No, it didn't start there. I didn't really think anything of it. I think from that relationship is where I started with masturbating and stuff. Okay. But with a toy because there was a long period of time, like three years, four years or something like that, where I really didn't sleep with anybody. And I was like, but I'm still horny. Yeah. (laughs) And I need the release. So I guess from that relationship, I felt more open to exploring, like, these are things that I can do. I don't need you to do them. I can do them to myself. And so that's really where it started. So circling back, I misspoke. The boyfriend before was the one that bought me a toy. The first person to buy me a toy was him. And so he would use it on me. I think, yeah, I remember a few times where I made videos and I would send it to him of me using it on myself for him. Okay. What kind of
0: toy was it? (laughs) It was this
1: horrible, awful pink toy. It was just straight... And, you know, old school, like with the twist off bottom where you put the batteries in there, twist it. But it had these little heart impressions on them. It's hard to explain, but it was almost like instead of like ribbing necessarily, it was these heart shapes. But they were like heart or that's what it felt like in my vagina. And so that's when I found out that I have to be more careful with the toys that I by because I am very small. There's only so far that I will expand and it was very painful. So I didn't keep that toy for very long. Okay, And so that, I guess, probably influenced me a little bit to be standoffish about toys and stuff. So I think that's why I kind of had that little bit of time between the two of them before I got with my son's dad, where he kind of was like, introduced me to you know this is you know rub your clit this is you know you can do this and kind of you know was more gentle you know in a little more guiding he well, he was older too so that makes a difference also i think at least that's my experience that i've had is older men are more patient and willing to show you things and you know if they want you to do something you don't do it they're just going to do it Because they know how it's going to make you feel.
0: Okay. So lots of
1: mentoring lovers, it sounds like you've had. Yes. I think I've had some very good experiences with the majority of the males that I have had intimate relationships in that type of way with. Yes.
0: Amazing. Okay. I want to hear what happened with the partners after that kind of like three or four year spell where you were mostly toy focused. But I also want to hear, when did you know you were
1: straight? Probably since I was like six.
0: Okay. Take us to what happened next. So we've gotten through your teens. You started to have sex. You had some more sex in your 20s and started to learn about toys. And now you have people in your 30s. Like what happened next? Who were the next partners you were about to tell us about?
1: In my early 20s and mid-20s, I had a lot of bad partners and not mistakes, but choices I should have made better and so after my son's dad I was done and yeah I had my break and then I was just like I'm ready I'm ready now and so I went through a bit of a hoe phase
0: ho phase 2.0
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was like you want to I need it let's do it and so I didn't really like go out with any of them or whatever it was pretty much like my son is with his dad here's my address come over and of course coincidentally during that time I found like I wasn't really into like wanting to have anybody like more than once I didn't want to get attached I didn't like no thank you but there was one guy in there that I definitely slept with more than once and then it kind of made me like feel like maybe i do want to have a relationship maybe this is a thing that i want to do but i don't necessarily want to do it with you but this might be something that i want to do and so i started attempting to seriously date guys i went on a few dates they were duds it took me a while i finally met someone and we started seeing each other and dating i had a lot of fun sex with him He was kind of the first guy that I really dated that like had his own place and kind of had himself together. Like he was a little more dominant. And I was kind of like, I like this. He was the first person that I've kind of found out like, oh, I like when you tell me what to do. Mm. Because he would be like, this is where I want you. This is what I want you to do kind of things. And showering together was very sexy. It was very sensual. Like you know, soaping him up, he soaping me up. If I remember right, it was after we had had sex when we got in the shower. So it was like cleaning up together and, you know, waiting for the sheet to dry and stuff like that. He only had one set of sheets, so we'd have sex. He'd automatically strip the bed and throw it in the wash so we had something to sleep on that (laughs) night.
0: So, it sounds like you have really messy sex. Why don't you tell us some details about what your body loves?
1: I have found over the years, after exploring myself and men exploring me, that I come very easily. So, a lot of things will make me come. And once I kind of get that initial burst, out that initial like squirt out like the more sensitive my body becomes
0: okay so a lot of things make you come and it sounds like it's a given that you have a first squirt give us some details please
1: I didn't know it was something that was odd I have had more than one partner tell me the next time they saw me after sleeping with them for like the first time they were like I went home and I googled what was wrong with you
0: What? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I heard the word odd and wrong with you. Are we talking about squirting? Because those words don't line up in my brain. Okay, okay. So you, so it sounds like you were dating some people who weren't particularly educated about the amazing things the female body can do. But I guess on the plus side, they're not fetishizing squirts. So there's that. But like, I don't like the idea that there was something wrong with you.
1: That was what threw me off. And so that was my automatic response. I was like, what? What do you mean wrong with me? I didn't know there was anything wrong with me. This is just what my body's always done. It's never done anything else. (laughs) Like That's it.
0: Is it something you always did? Yes. Is it something that still happens, like even if you're masturbating or is it like it always happens first? Okay. And it sounds like you had a lot of early partners that didn't think anything of it and or like neither praised it nor attacked it. Does that sound right? Yes. Okay. When was the first time you
1: realized that not everybody squirts? Had to have been about 28, I think. He was the first guy that was like, I had to go home and I had to Google what was going on with you. Like what was wrong? So that was the first guy that had brought it up to me and had said something like, this is different. This is not normal kind
0: of thing. What's your relationship to your squirting like? Like, do you like it? Does it annoy you that it's messy? Does it, like, it sounds like... And I still I still have not forgotten that we're, like, continuing mid-sentence of, like, once I get the first squirt off, like, you're going to fill in those details for us. But, like, what's your relationship to your squirt?
1: So, of course, I hate that it's so messy because I have to have, like, an incredible amount of, like, blankets or towels or something, like, under me when I'm, like, masturbating or if I'm with a partner and stuff, or I would have to literally like change my sheets every other day. I put multiple, so I don't like that it's messy, but the fact that seeing guys look at it and enjoy it and try to work to get it to happen like again and again and again, it excites me, which makes it happen more often because I'm like, oh, he really likes, the only thing I would say that bothers me about it and I asked one of my partners this, and he didn't really ever answer it. But it's like, what do you see when you're watching it happen? Yeah. Like, when I send you a video when of me masturbating, whether it's fingers or my toy, and you see the squirt, is that what it looks like to you? Like, when it comes out? Like, I want one of them, and I haven't been able to get one, to... Like, have his phone on and like film it from his uh perspective.
0: So, you love watching. That's great. Have you ever gone to do it in front of a mirror or anything? Like, is that something you'd be into or is it a different kind of watching?
1: Yes, that is something I've definitely wanted to do and I have brought up. And it's just something that hasn't happened yet. Yes, yet. I have been in hotels where there are mirrors. But then by the time you're getting in it, I'm not thinking about that. And then like mid way or partially in like changing positions or whatever, I'll catch the mirror and I'll be like, man, I really want to watch this and see it. And are they being able to see it? Are they not? Because I want. And so it just never happened. And Then I would get distracted because we're having awesome, amazing sex and I get very swept up. If you want to distract me from anything, just like kiss my neck oh, or yeah. nibble on it, or you know, just run your hand over my nipple or spank my ass or something. Even like just the gentlest like pulling of the hair, or, like running your hands and I'm like, oh, huh? Okay, yeah. I
0: get real stupid the more turned on I get. Where does hair pulling come into this for you?
1: Um, every time, please. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> when did you discover it? And is it something that you let new partners do right away? Do you have a conversation about it? Do you let them know that it's something you like? Or do you just wait for them to sort of do it?
1: I think I just yelled it one time, like during sex. Nice. I was just like, pull my hair. Like, I honestly don't remember when it started, but I definitely remember like telling partners, like, spank my ass, pull my hair, mm. and stuff like that. What type of hair pulling? I didn't know there was different types. So
0: for me, the part that hurts the most, I don't have this problem right now, but long hair, like if you are just pulling at the end of it, that can be super painful. If you're like grabbing up at the base, you have more of a grip. And so it's a more kind of intense sensation. And then there I've heard also are the people that like to pull either a single ponytail or a couple of braids. So I'm sure there's more categories. Anyone out there who's a hair pulling connoisseur, you can let us know.
1: But what, what form does it take for you? I've definitely never had anybody like pull the ends of my hair. I think that would be kind of irritating. Yeah. But being that I haven't experienced it, I could change my mind. Like I'm that type of person of, I can't tell you if I like it, if I haven't experienced it. Yeah. We don't know until we know. I've come across so many guys (laughs) that are bothered by how I approach sex sometimes because they're like, what do you like? What do you don't like? I'm like, I'll tell you when, like, I think the worst question I hate is, what do you like? And it's like, when you do something that I don't like, I'll let you know. Mm, Interesting.
0: I can see how that would be really scary as a partner, because when people say that to me, I'm like, oh, cool. So I'm supposed to traumatize you first, and then you'll yell at me. And that's, for me, like a scary thing I want to stay far away from. And I also feel the difficulty of that question, because when someone's like, what do you like? Well, first of all, they definitely don't want to hear my whole answer because no one has ever, like, sat through that conversation or even initiated it. But I understand the difficulty on both sides. So how do you usually handle it?
1: I mean, I don't do this to everyone. It's mostly partners that I truly trust. And I know when I say red or I say stop or no, that they'll automatically, like, okay that they've already kind of gotten to know things that trigger me. And then they'll just kind of push it a little bit further. But it just tickles me pink to like, watch my partner, like twist my nipple and see how far they can or pull my hair and see how far they can pull it or stuff like that, just to kind of get under their skin a little bit. Like you think you're in my head but I'm really in yours. Like, I'm watching you. Like, how far is she going to let me take this?
0: So let's stay on those details. What other physical details does your body really love?
1: So I love, like, just having hands run over your body. And that's very sensual. And I enjoy that. I have experienced someone who, and I didn't know this was really a thing for a while, but he'll do really soft but not like ticklish soft but just light like grazes on my leg or somewhere and then all of a sudden he'll just like slap me.
0: Who are we talking about here?
1: I guess I consider him a current partner. We don't see each other on a regular basis. He's somebody that I currently have intimate relationships with.
0: Okay so sensual touch. Are these the touches that you mentioned can make you come you said you come in a lot of different ways or is it like that like is it gentle sensuality that can make it happen or what makes you come
1: yes that is one of the things i have to be more calm and like i don't want to say i'm in subspace because he's not like a dom to me or anything but it's like similar i just don't know how to explain it like after coming a few times, I become more relaxed, I guess. And I kind of get in this space. And so any like little touch or even like his voice, if it's like deep enough, like that will set me off and like maybe rustling because a lot of times we'll be in a park. So like, just like rustling or something like, oh my gosh, somebody's coming. Somebody's going to see this. Like that will set me off. Being spanked really sets me off. So in general, I'm just very easily I can come. I've come from making out with somebody like I was just so heated up. He had like kept me from being able to kiss him. And then by the time we got in my home and in my bed, I was just like, I need to kiss you. And it just made me come. And he thought it was the greatest thing and he kept doing it. And so because he kept getting excited and enjoyed watching me get off on making out with him, then it made me do it more.
0: Wait, so you can literally just come from a makeout session?
1: If I have a deep enough connection with the person,
0: yes. Wow. When they're doing the light touches, when they're doing these caresses, is that turn on for you? Or does that, like, if, if someone's like, ooh, are you like, ooh, if you're a certain amount of turned on, like, does that make you come? Yes. When did that start for you? And how on earth did it take you so long to masturbate if it's literally so easy?
1: Typically, when I masturbate, I'm not really touching my body parts very much because it's so easy that I don't really need to. So I guess because of how I grew up where masturbation wasn't like explicitly talked about and it wasn't like a thing that I knew about, and I don't really remember it being a discussion in even sex ed. So it wasn't something on my mind that I was like, this is something you do. Okay, so you don't masturbate? Very seldomly.
0: Okay. Tell us what else deeply
1: satisfies you. What else
0: about your sex life, your sexual self, do we need to know?
1: Like I said, I'm easy to come. I can come, obviously, multiple ways. But I can also come from clitoral stimulation and from vaginal stimulation. And if... You want to give me the ultimate experience if you're, like, done-done or you just are one of those guys that likes to make somebody come, then do both of them at the same time for me. That is what really brings me the ultimate, like, satisfaction and pleasure and joy is, like, doing them both together.
0: Okay, so we know what your body loves. We've heard about some partners. What about places that you've had sex in? Was the lake the only interesting one, or are there more places we need to know about?
1: I've definitely had a lot of experiences in having public sex. And, of course, that's very exciting, the possibility of getting caught and not knowing, like, who's coming up the way. And I actually have one experience where we were in a car, and... These motorcyclists came up, so it was next to a park. So we were going to get out and go to the park and smoke a joint and probably continue the different like fingering and stuff that we were doing. But these two motorcyclists came like right up on my bumper, and I was at the point where I wanted to get out and be like, Look, if you're not gonna come, help make me come, then leave because you're ruining my experience. And finally, they left. We went into the park and he surprised me, the partner I was with. He bent me over the picnic table and just started like spanking me and the back of my thighs and stuff. And I was coming so much and so hard that I could feel my cum go down my legs and the rest of it that wasn't splashing on the cement and then back onto my feet because I was wearing flip flops. Oh my God. So, after he decided that he's had enough, maybe probably because his shoes or pants might have been getting wet as well, he was like, Let's smoke a joint. And I was smart. I thought ahead because this is somebody I've been with multiple times. I brought a blanket. Okay. So, I had the blanket in my hands. And that's why he surprised me when he pushed me on the table. But I had the blanket. So, I put the blanket on the seat, on the picnic table seat. I sat down on that. We smoked a joint. And I don't remember what prompted him, but he said something and my response was along the lines of, you haven't touched my clit because he legitimately had not touched my clit at this point in the night. Even though I was already coming in the car, he had not touched my clit at this point. So he had made me come in all these other different ways before even doing that. And he just like instinctively was like, do you want me to? And so after just all that spanking, then he finger fucked me oh. and made me come even more. Amazing. We have a parking lot that we do it in a lot, a couple of different parking lots too. I've done a blow job in the parking lot next to my work oh. on my lunch break one time. <laughs> love it. I love it. I've done it in open fields. I was living back in Georgia, I worked, it was a coworker, and she was like, I really want to see this guy, but I can only see him if he has somebody for me to set up with his friend, and I'm like, eh, whatever, okay. I'm, I'm not seeing anybody else, well, sure, let's, let's go for it. <laughs> Sounds like me, okay. <laughs> yeah, i like, yeah, I'll take one for the team for you, we'll see how this goes. Wait, but how did that get you to a field? Because that's where we met. So she picked me up and we went and met these guys in this open field. Which, you know, it's totally things that happen in Georgia. You know, there's plenty of open spaces. Wow. And so they took off in her car and went somewhere else because she wasn't one of those types of people that wanted to know or see or whatever. And so the guy that I got with, he just... Bent me over the, like, truck floorboard. So there's that one. I've had sex in my best friend's bed with her permission. Nice. Something we haven't touched on that just popped in my mind is I have had sex with married men, with the wife knowing and without the wife knowing. And I have fun experiences of the wife knowing. Was she there? Was it? Yeah. What do you want to tell us? Yes, yeah, she was. There. She's actually the one that encouraged it. So the first few times that him and I had sex was in their bed. And then she told me because they had, oh God, I don't remember. They had a bunch of kids. And so she was like, you are too loud. You guys can't do it. Either you have to be more quiet or you can't do it in the bedroom anymore. I don't want the kids waking up and seeing this. So we would start doing it downstairs and I would catch her or like her shadow or something. She'd like sit on the stairs and peek around the corner. They had an upstairs and a downstairs, so all the bedrooms were upstairs. And so the first few times when him and I would have had sex, we were upstairs in their bedroom. So right next to, like, where all the kids' bedrooms were. And it was after work, and we worked until, like, 11 p.m. So kids were definitely asleep then. So her fear was that, as loud as I was being, that the kids would wake up and see Daddy was not Mommy. Yeah. And they weren't being open with their kids about this, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In later times, and it actually became more convenient, we had sex in, like, their family room. Like, when you walked in their apartment, there was, like, a living room-ish, and then, like, around the corner, if I remember, there was, like, a fireplace, and it was, like, another, like, additional, like, family room or, like, living room.
0: Okay, so open enough that there could be a wife shadow kind of spooking around, but closed enough that you're not worried about kiddos coming and walking in on you hopefully.
1: Yeah. There wasn't a couch or anything. So we were just on the floor, yeah. but there was a wall, but she could like, if she positioned herself just right on the stairs, then she could see us and watch us. So she okay. would watch it and Hot. enjoy it.
0: What was the hottest part
1: about that for you? It actually ended up coming to be her watching. She liked to watch it. And I like to hear that she liked to watch it. Yeah. Like, I think that's just my biggest like trigger or like, Excitement is like knowing that somebody else is getting excited
0: yeah.
1: about what I'm doing or what somebody's doing to me.
0: And it sounds like you really like to hear it and know about it too. Yes.
1: But it also sounds like you like to get
0: touched in all sorts of ways. Like I think you have a lot of turn-ons.
1: <laughs> yes, I definitely too. And I'm totally looking forward to finding out if I have any more with any other future partners that I'll have.
0: I wanna circle back to you talked about a blow job in the parking lot at work before we started recording you were telling me that at work you have a very specific type of open relationship with a lot of your work friends when it comes to talking about sex maybe like do you guys share sex at work story like what are sex stories at work
1: <laughs> uh, i absolutely do i definitely get to know somebody because i have a very open and unique personality if nobody's realized and so i definitely take my time to like vet the person and be like, is this somebody that is not going to like tattle on me? They're not going to run to HR. Like, I don't talk with all of the people, but I do have a few specific people that I talk to that like, well, what happened this weekend? And I'm like, once something happened and I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait to tell them and so it's like the one thing that makes it fun to like go to work like especially after my weekend I'm like oh my god I have to tell them this great story and yada yada and one of them she only comes in I only see her for half the week so my first half of the week she's off and the second half is when I so it's like all this built up like anxiety and anxiousness of oh my god it's it's the day she's gonna be here and now she's gonna ask and I can tell her and it's been a unique process with her because she's been kind of sheltered in her sexual life. And so she's kind of living through me and I'm kind of like broadening her thoughts to different experiences and stuff like that. And just the fact that she's become more open and she's more excited about, well, what did you do with this guy? And which guy did you see? And show me a picture and that kind of stuff. I'm like, I don't It just, it excites me to like talk about it. I'm just so quirky like that i'm like oh this is so great so it's nice to be able to be because i come home and there's nobody at home that i really want to talk to or i'm not able to talk to or i don't want to be that open uh, with my son and my roommates so it's like i get to like be an adult and talk about adult things
0: totally it's very important to have trusted friends and people that we can share sex stories with I would like to hear now, what are your sexual hopes for yourself going forward, whether it's fantasies or more broadly? Like, what does Kellen Hart want for her sexy self in the future?
1: I would honestly like to find somebody that I can have a relationship, like an intimate, monogamous relationship with, but that we're open to having an open relationship in the future. If that's something that, we agree on. Yeah. So I'm getting to the acceptance of my last breakup and realizing I need to get out there that I want somebody monogamous and I Mm. want to potentially have more kids and I want to find that person. And my entire life, I've honestly felt like, and I actually recently heard one of your podcasts where you brought this up and something that you feel like is that good luck Chuck person, where it seems like every time... I've had sex with somebody. The next person that they get with is their life partner.
0: Yeah.
1: But recently I found out maybe I'm not so lucky as I thought I was. One of the guys that I had slept with about nine years ago, eight, nine years ago, he recently found me on Facebook again and got in contact and let me know that he is divorced. Oh,
0: oh, the luck. The luck is just for the marriage part. Divorces happen. (laughs) Wait, so was he like hitting you up again or was he just like letting you know? Okay. All right. That sounds like you've got a different kind of luck.
1: Yeah, we definitely slept together recently since then after connecting again. So that's been an interesting new level to my sexual experience of sleeping with somebody from like almost a decade ago to you know, from sleeping with the person they were then, time does make the experience better.
0: Okay.
1: He definitely lasted a lot longer. He was more concerned about if I am coming. He was less shy. He was more open. Like immediately I told my best friend, I was like, Ooh, this boy, he got a dirty mouth on him. Now he had told me in one of our messages and our conversations during one of the days that he masturbates at work because he's like, got so much sexual tension that he has to let it go, you know, a few times a day. But I was, send him like pictures, like enticing pictures, nude pictures, videos or whatever while he's at work. And then if I see him potentially open it or something, or I like get in contact because I haven't heard from him in like three hours or whatever. I'm like, Hey, how'd you like that? Or whatever, you know, I want a little something like, give me a thumbs up, a heart or anything. And so I'll kid with him. I'll be like, Oh, did you did you show everybody on the camera? Did you like that? Did you like get a heart on and stuff? And so that brought up the conversation of him saying, you know, if I was a supervisor and I was the one that was watching the videos, I would like to see somebody jacking off like on the camera. Like that would be cool or whatever. Something mm. like that. And I'm like, this is something I never would have thought of ever come out of your mouth. Like a decade. Ago. <laughs> like, mm. like time has definitely, you definitely make me more wet. Just from not having sex more than you did in in the past.
0: Fuck yeah. Okay, speaking of the past, if you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sex advice, what age or ages would you pick and what
1: would you say? Honestly, knowing what I know now, even though I have such a complicated history with masturbation, I still honestly think that I would want to go back and be like, it's okay to do it. This is a thing. This is how we do it. It's okay. Instead of trying to like get guy after guy,
0: mm-hmm.
1: how about just take care of yourself and not, you know, have a crush on everything that you think is hot that walks by. Like, because it just made me, I think when in my younger ages, it just kind of brought me down a little bit. Mm-hmm. because I never felt like anybody thought I was cute or good looking or wanted to you know do stuff with me especially when like in my formative like years of when I was like 12 and 13 and 14 and stuff when I wasn't really dating yet but I was having crushes but it's not necessarily like they really knew it or the ones that knew it like my guy friends that I would talk about because I have always had guy friends if I would kind of like cross the bridge a little bit they would not be interested. And so maybe if I was more like, hey, just because they're not into you doesn't mean nobody's into you. Like you're going to find the people that are into you in the meantime, you can love yourself. Yeah. I think that would have really helped me along my young journey. And I wouldn't have felt so dejected, I guess, in, in my own mind. Yeah. It was mostly all in my own mind, which I think happens to a lot of
0: all of us, but our perception is our reality, and we don't necessarily always know the difference of something that's just inside of us versus outside of us like it's as we get older, maybe we start to figure it out, hopefully. <laughs> Callen Hart, thank you so much for being a guest on sex stories. Thank you for having me. Do you have a sex question you want to ask me?
1: I would like to know what the difference is if there is between a brothel, a dungeon and like a swingers party.